You're listening to Contractor Evolution, where we unpack the systems, tactics, and skills you need to take your fast-growing contracting business to the next level. If you're here to learn what it takes to scale up, work less, and increase profitability, you've come to the right place. Stay tuned to learn what separates the new breed of contractor from the old school, and welcome to your ultimate guide on the business of contracting. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Contractor Evolution. This is Benji. I hope you're doing fantastic. Let me know if this situation sounds familiar, okay? You hired someone a month back, and when you made the phone call to tell this person they got the job, you were, in that moment, legit excited, and so were they. But now, the glimmer is gone, and the excitement you felt is slowly turning into some weird form of doubt. The cracks are beginning to show. There are a couple things about this new hire that you didn't see before and some real weaknesses you weren't aware of. Um, They don't have the skills their resume and that interview led you to believe they did. They aren't the team player you hoped they were. Their reliability is hit and miss. They need an attitude adjustment, whatever. And so there's this real moment that you have with yourself where you're like, how did I miss this? The reality is, Even great team builders don't shoot 100%. Look at professional sports, right? First round draft picks that end up being busts. Major contracts get awarded and then only a year later seem totally boneheaded and misguided. Rockstar players who just aren't a fit for the team or system they end up in for whatever reason. If the most sophisticated and well-resourced team builders in the world get it wrong from time to time, it seems probable, to me at least, that you and your business are going to as well. And that's totally fine, by the way. Nobody at the top of the game hasn't made the mistake of putting the wrong person in the wrong seat. It's part of the journey. What matters is how you deal with it. Do you exit quickly, learn and bounce back, or do you let this mistake linger and fester? So today's episode is about the 16 signs that you've made the wrong hire. These are telltale cues that the person you just added to the org chart may not be the right fit for you. This, however, is not an exhaustive list. So if I left a couple out, which I'm sure I did, leave them in the comments below. Also, if you want to reduce the likelihood of mishires, check out our behavioral interviewing tool in the description of this episode. We can't promise perfection, but a dramatic improvement to your process is likely. Check it out for free. Play around with it. It's an, an, it's an overnight improvement to your interviewing process. Okay, let's dive into the first of 16. Number one, they immediately want a raise. Ambition is good. Entitlement is bad. And I think we need to talk about the difference for a second. Ambition is a beautiful thing. People who have a natural hunger for more, a growth mindset, personal goals that drive them to earn more by doing more is incredibly easy to work with, right? Like you want and need people who ask for a raise because their body of work warrants it. But when somebody waltzes into your organization and is demanding a 25% pay bump a month in, or who thinks they're gonna be promoted to CEO by year's end, this is a big problem because business is a meritocracy meaning people are chosen, rewarded, slowly moved into positions of power 
based on their demonstrated abilities and merit. If someone thinks they can skip the demonstration part and get straight to the rewards part and you acquiesce, you'll end up with the wrong leaders in your business and an insanely bloated overhead. Not to mention, with the entitled types, it's never one and done. They'll be back before you know it with more demands. Remember, ego is the enemy. Number two, a steady and sudden increase in unexpected personal stuff. Okay, people have families, personal lives, commitments outside of work, obviously. And a good employer knows this. They get this, they allow a reasonable allowance for such stuff. But the key word is reasonable. It's like, hey, my kid's got a baseball tournament out of state. Can I clear off early on Friday? Sure, have fun. Hey, I need to get a filling done at the dentist. Is it okay if I'm a couple hours late next Tuesday? Sure, no problem. But then we've all had these other folks in our businesses too, right? It's like, um, my cat's chakras are totally out of alignment and I, I need to take him to a feline Reiki specialist. But um, the thing is he lives on a mountain two hours away, so I'll, I'll be gone all day. Um, and also, if, if you don't mind, I really want to spend the following day with Sprinkles to make sure he's all better and just like just feeling himself again. It's like, fuck, man. I could come up with a dozen other examples like this, but we don't need to. We're short on time. I'm, I'm sure you could come up with them too. Um, my, my point is this. Having commitments is not the issue. The part that's the issue is their attitude towards it. If someone is apologetic, they're professional, they're courteous, no problem whatsoever. But if they're expecting you or your team to move heaven and earth to fit their family or personal needs, your business probably ain't the place for them. High performers have kids and responsibilities too. Number three, they have major gaps in technical skills. Okay, so if you hired someone because you were led to believe, based on the resume and the interview you did, that they had technical skills, which now, a couple months later, you can see they, in fact, do not have, you have two major problems. For starters, the hole in your business that that person was meant to fill remains unfilled. And second, you now have someone on the team whose integrity is majorly in question. And the only good thing about this situation is from the perspective of employment law, you actually have grounds for dismissal or at the very least corrective action. Um, one practical thing to implement if you've been burned here is to make small paid work assignments part of the interview process. If someone needs to be hyper competent in Excel, Pay them to complete an assignment which demonstrates that. If you need an expert heavy equipment operator, pay them for a few days on site to triple check. Resumes are not always as indicative of skill set as you might believe they are. Number four, they victimize themselves and they think everyone is out to get them. Someone with a victim's mindset is really difficult to team build around. Extreme lack of ownership is impossibly frustrating because you can't coach or develop when nothing, and I mean nothing, is ever their fault. They can also slowly infect the crew around them with this shitty worldview too. This trait, however, and this is the good news, is pretty easy to interview for. What you want to do is ask them about their previous positions with a really zoomed in focus in particular on why they left them. And you'll, you'll start to see a pattern. It was everyone else's fault. Number five, conflict avoided. Many, many people, especially here in Canada, 
are pathologically conflict avoidant. They'd literally rather put their hand in a hot panini press and push down than have a difficult conversation with anyone. Possessing this trait relegates people to lower parts of an organizational chart because being a leader obviously requires some degree of comfort with conflict, challenging moments, and stuff like that. But I will say exceptions to this rule are prevalent too. Um, a better term for this trait, to be honest, would be conflict bottling because they don't really avoid it, do they? They feel the frustrations, the resentments, the downright anger sometimes that we all go through. But instead of dealing with this stuff head on in a healthy, productive way, they park it somewhere else in their being, I'm not totally sure where, until it erupts. And like a ticking time bomb, conflict avoiders whisper grievances under their breath, creating toxicity until years down the line, they totally blow up in your face. I'm not saying you need to love conflict, but being pathologically avoidant of it is a big problem. Okay, sign number six, that you've hired the wrong person into your business. They are all ideas and no execution. See, this is tricky because these folks are often quite good at interviews. And I wouldn't be surprised if some of you listening have hired someone who seemed genuinely brilliant in an interview, talking about how they'd solve certain issues in your business. They're showing real excitement about your vision and your growth. And they're sweeping gullible you off your feet in the process. And then six months later, you find out that not a single thing on their vision board for your company made it to the finish line. Look, ideas are the easy part. And as persuasive as ideas guy can be over a beer, you have to actually execute for any of it to be worth a goddamn thing. When it comes to field staff or salespeople, this trait is innocuous. You know, a, a carpenter who's a little pie in the sky is pretty harmless. But if you've hired someone into a leadership position or biz dev and they're making six figures without crossing big stuff off the list, you have a very big issue on your hands. Number seven, they lack coachability. The ability to objectively view yourself and accurately see your own strengths and weaknesses is a trait we call introspection, and it's the foundation upon which coachability is built. While nearly every resume you'll ever read is going to mention something along the lines of, I really thrive with feedback and I love coaching and, and getting developed, I think we can all agree that this is often just filler fluff. It's like templated resume stuff. No one enjoys being shown their gaps. Some people are a bit better at it. But if someone is belligerently convinced that they know it all already, it makes personal development slow and cumbersome. Not to mention, no one likes working with them. Number eight, they aren't asking any questions. Starting a new position with a new company should have your mind racing with thoughts, concerns, inquiries, and a major red flag for me when I'm interviewing someone and I ask, so do you have any questions for me? Is when that is met with blank stares or some superficial and vapid question. To me, it just says they aren't paying attention. To flip this point around, asking a ton of questions, actively seeking out information right from, right from day one. If you're seeing that stuff, that's usually a good sign of things to come. Now, some people are just quiet, and I get that, but if your new hire is just silently going through the motions, you can be sure they aren't learning as quickly as they could be. Sign number nine, that you've hired the wrong person. They're allergic to going the extra mile. Sometimes the days are long. 
and the weeks are longer. And and it just it is what it is. This isn't unique to blue collar businesses, by the way. This is just this is just business, broadly speaking. Sometimes it's really hard. But if someone is hardcore about clocking out at 4.59 p.m. when another solid hour or two of given her would keep the project on the schedule, would keep the customer happy, whatever the case may be, your A players are going to be absolutely exhausted by this person in no time and probably tell you to fire them very, very soon. Sign number 10, they're a partier. Use your judgment on this one because newsflash, people show up to site hungover sometimes. It's like, thanks, Captain Obvious. I don't think, personally, the occasional blurry Monday or lackluster Friday is a big deal if it's occasional, right? Think about the demographic on your work site. But if it looks to you like they're on a bender every weekend from day one where they've mysteriously contracted mono for the third time this month, you may want to exit them early during that probationary period while you still can. Sign number 11, no emotional control. Short tempers, sulking, people who shut down and claim everything's fine. We're emotional beings, and that's okay. Part of your job as a leader is to help people learn how to regulate emotions, but if there is absolutely no desire or ability to compartmentalize feelings in order to manage a workload, it'll tax you and your team more than you think. When everyone in the office or on the site has to walk on eggshells so that so-and-so over there doesn't get into one of his moods or one of her moods, it kills the vibe and it reduces the candor in your organization. Not good. Sign number 12. They ask for advances on week one. Okay, again, use your judgment because the reality is the personal finance skills of the average North American adult are shockingly bad. If you don't believe me, go look up average household debt to savings numbers if you want a real depression session. It's pretty bleak. In any case, we're not here to judge, but this is a reality of small business ownership, right? One of my absolute favorite employees often requested advances. He was a meticulous worker, super loyal, and a single dad. We would always work something out, and our working relationship never suffered. In other instances, I just felt it was too much too often. It's like, in a pinch, it's fine, but if it's a habit from go, maybe not. Sign number 13, they gossip. It doesn't take very much shit talking or toxicity to ruin an otherwise healthy culture. Things come apart much faster than they take to build, unfortunately. So someone who talks behind people's back can do more damage more quickly than you might think. If you run a purpose-driven organization with strong core values in place, you need to weed your garden. 14, they're a bigot. We've all been on job sites, okay? I'm not naive about the language or humor that circulates. The occasional edgy joke is fine. Hell, if it's funny, I'll probably even laugh. But if you get the sense that your new hire is a bona fide racist, sexist, any other kind of ist, just get rid of them quickly. It's a really bad look for the brand. Okay, sign number 15 that you might have made the wrong hire. They have too many side hustles. Now, I already said that we love ambition, and that's true. But if the new guy is trying to recruit his crewmates into an MLM scheme on day one, sell you into a new altcoin on day two, leave site early to go sell supplements from a call center on day three, and is doing Tupperware parties all weekend, it's safe to bet this job you just gave them is a secondary priority at best. Love a hustler, but divergent focus is a killer. The 16th and final sign that you may have hired the wrong person into your business is a union mindset. I might get in trouble for saying this, whatever. 
The union environment and the small business environment occupy completely opposite ends of the spectrum. One operates on an annual budget usually doled out by the government. The other exists within the extremely tight confines of an annual P&L. One is full of red tape, bureaucracy, and a slow list made possible only by a complete absence of competition. The other is full of deadlines, entrepreneurial spirit, and stiff competition. They're Totally different worldviews, cultures, and approaches to organizational life. I'm sure one or two of you listening have a story that proves me wrong, but for the most part, union types fail to thrive in the tight-margined, hyper-competitive small business ecosystem. Okay, so those are the 16, but I have a couple more fun ones. You could think of this as like a bonus round. I, I told you I crowdsourced a few of these, so I've removed names for anonymity, but these are too funny not to share. Okay, number 17. They drive a truck through a building on day one. I'm not going to lie. Punching a work vehicle through the entrance of a 7-Eleven isn't a great start to someone's employment journey. That security footage with your branded vehicle and broken glass all over the place lives forever. Number 18. Shall we say adult content on company devices? Good Lord. Do it at home, man. Can you please not subject our company iPads to your troubling search history? And number 19, they tell you they're a deadly weapon. If someone claims that their biceps are registered by the state as deadly weapons and they literally won't stop talking to customers about their nunchuck skills, see if there's a local martial arts gym to pawn them off to. Jokes aside, remember this, a healthy culture self-polices, meaning if you have a great team and strong core values, your bought-in long-term employees are going to be the first to tell you there's a problem with the new guy. Nothing wrong with doing some due diligence to reality test what you're hearing, but when your A players come to you with concerns, you should listen carefully. And don't beat yourself up about the occasional personnel mistake either. This is part of the journey. Exit quickly, do it with grace. Those days when it happens may be hard on you, but remember, you're not doing them any favors by letting them hang around. Don't forget to check out our interviewing tool in the description. Those are the 16 signs you might have hired the wrong person. We'll see you next week. Thanks a lot for listening to this episode of Contractor Evolution. Uh, if you've already subscribed to our channel, consider sharing this episode with another contractor who you think needs to hear it.